630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 630 Chad. It happened again. It happened again. The Arizona Coyotes beat the Edmonton Oilers. That is 21 times in their last 25 meetings. And, oh, yeah, the Coyotes have at least a point in all those games. 21-0-4 is the record. Good afternoon. It's 3.58. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. We'll bring you a post-game reaction from both dressing rooms tonight as a disappointing weekend wraps up for the Oilers. They jumped out to a 2-0 lead Friday in Arizona, wound up losing 3-2 in a shootout. In this one, they actually started the game pretty well. Arizona gets a funny bounce goal by Redeem Verbata late in the first period. The Oilers try to crank up the pressure. They finally tie it with just under 10 minutes to left. Connor McDavid's point shot deflected in by Milan Lucic. Looked like Edmonton had all the momentum. And then they get a little crossed up in their own end. And Jamie McGinn scores with just 3.44 to go. And that turned out to be your game winner. The Oilers with more pressure with the goalie out. But what else is new? They cannot beat Mike Smith, who just has an incredible mark against the Oilers. Now 15-1-1 in his career. The shot's 42-23 in favor of Edmonton. So Smith makes 41 saves. He's the obvious first star tonight. Oliver Ekman Larson, who had an assist, is the second star. Oscar Clefbaum named the third star tonight. Fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. You can check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Well, we always give it to an oiler. Uh, you know, you made 21 saves tonight. I'm going to give it to Cam Talbot. He really only got beat on a clean shot once. So I'll give it to the Oilers goaltender tonight. You know, a game where... I can't argue too much with how the Oilers started the game. They lost a little bit of momentum after they had a power play with about five minutes left in the first period. Arizona got some chances, got the funny goal. Just, you know, for me, some details again lacking in the Oilers game. Too many too many turnovers, too many soft plays, soft passes in their own end. And uh, offensively, I mean, McDavid had the puck roll off his stick a few times. And, you know, other guys, it, was, it felt a lot of like on that five-game losing streak offensively, they had a lot of almosts. Well, they almost strung a couple of passes together. They almost got the shot on net. They almost got the deflection, weren't able to execute, and then Smith stood tall when uh, they did get a shot on net. 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. We'll start the phone calls tonight, this afternoon, sorry, with Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, how are you? Doing well. Good. Well, I'm going to state the obvious. I am choked, capital C. You know, I look at those standings coming to this game tonight, you know, and the others had 26 points, and we all talk about those two points that uh, uh, they want in the bag. And on Edmonton, like, I'm thinking that this is how I look at it. I couldn't wait to put on the TV and, and then listen to you guys do the call because I'm thinking this should be a playoff hockey game with a big explanation mark on it. I cannot stand Mike Smith anymore. I hate that bugger. I mean, this has been going on for five or six years. It's, it's just getting gross to only come out one point out of four to these guys. I mean, you know, then it's one of those games where, you, only, you know, you, you, the Oilers have been going 
two steps forward, and this one seems to be going like they go three steps back. It's like they have an elastic band around some of these players that, that pull and tug on them. You know, they're just, for whatever reason, those lines still are flowing, and there's always one guy on one line that isn't quite putting out the detail, the almost, just the, all the stuff that you guys said. It's frustrating watching this stuff, man. It's like I, I held on to my remote control on my right hand so tight because I wanted to throw it, you know, well, against the wall or whatever. Glad I asked. <laughs> <laughs> glad you didn't because I broke a remote once and it cost a lot to replace. I mean, I just... A couple things there, Alex. I mean, you make a, first of all, you make a great point about the standings. And you know what? It's awesome that we're this deep into the season and the Oilers are legitimately contending after the last 10 years. And they do remain in first place in the Pacific Division. But this was a chance to go three points up on San Jose and three points up on Los Angeles. So basically, you're telling those teams, even if you go out and win your next games, right, we're still going to be ahead of you. Exactly. Right? So you, you lose that luxury. You now, the Oilers play Toronto on Tuesday. San Jose is going to play Arizona on Tuesday. So go Coyotes after today. And then the Sharks and, and Kings play each other on uh, Wednesday. And of course, Anaheim's right there as well. They play the Canadians coming up. That'll be an interesting game coming up uh, on Tuesday I, as well. So I, I know. Sorry. I, and I know. And as a fan, like we're all fans, we're all watching the standards. And everything you just said. Right now, I feel that. Like, every time I turn on the TV and listen to you guys on the radio, because I like watching it on TV and listen to the call, you guys, and I, it's like I'm getting stoked because this is supposed to be the year. And then you get a game like this, and you're going, I can't believe it. Like, you just, it's like a kick in the you-know-what, you know? <laughs> well, and, and here's another thing I wonder, too, Alex, and, and Todd McClellan has, has often called his team a growth team. And I get asked by families, friends, listeners, are the Oilers a good team? And I always say, no, but I think they're getting good. If they're yeah. actually a good team, then you're right. They get three out of four points this weekend or they get four out of four. There's something to be said for being a, a favored team or, or a team that should win and, and going out and doing it, taking control of the game and squ yeah. squashing the weaker team. And, 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 I mean, I guess the comparison, just because it's Grey Cup Sunday, would be what the Calgary Stampeders did in most of their – they went out, played well. Look what they did to BC last Sunday. Some people thought BC had a chance for an upset. It was over halfway through the first quarter. You know, so that's yeah. – I mean, I know I'm comparing different sports, but the Oilers, I think, have to develop that attitude where it's, look, we're better. We're not going to make a mistake against teams worse than us or below us in the standings, I'll say, rather than worse, we're going to go out there and completely dictate and completely remove any... I mean, here's the thing. What if they don't What if they don't sag and give up that goal nine seconds after Larson made it 2-0 and they get out of Friday's game with a 2-0 lead? Arizona probably loses a little bit of interest in the game, right? Yeah. So it's Can I add little one thing? details like that. Go ahead. I wanted to add one thing. You know, I, I want to see Pitlick and Schlepeshev back in, you know, like you put Pouliot back in, you know, and I don't know, like uh, I'm getting that weird vibe about Pouliot again, you know, like it's not only this year, it's been last year, whatever. It's just, I don't know, the flow with this guy in that lineup. Uh, anyway, I don't want to beat up on the guy, but that's how I feel. Alex, thanks for calling, man. 780-496-0063. It is a 2-1 decision for the Coyotes over the Oilers. The goal scorers Vervata, Lucic, and McGinn. And if you miss the shots, 42-23 in favor of Edmonton. But they don't win, and the Oilers... 
Man, home cooking hasn't been uh, overly tasty. They're only 5-5 five and five at home, and as Bob and Jack were mentioning, they're 0-4 on Sunday home games. I don't even know if I can remember all the losses. Uh, Buffalo, Ottawa, today. Was the Rangers on a Sunday? I think the Rangers was on a Sunday a couple of weeks ago, if I'm remembering. 780-496-0063. We do not obviously get to the Japanese Village goal light tonight. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on 630shed.com slash Oilers. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, south side, north side, and one on 104th Street, just a couple blocks here from uh, Rogers Place. But, yeah, the Oilers had turned it on three games in a row. Now they only have three goals total over their last two games. We have Roger on the phone line as well. Hi, Roger. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Uh, so I want to talk about our over-reliance on Connor. Um, I, I feel like we're relying on him to score all the goals, assist everything, and do everything, but I'm not seeing Eberle produce or you know dry settle or anyone like this. Like I feel like Nuge also has to produce too, but as a team, we're not really cutting it. Um, and uh, that, that's kind of where my frustrations lie. Like you know what I mean? We have to overly rely on on Connor. Yeah. Well. I, I think you raise a valid point. Uh, you know, I, I hope guys aren't thinking that when they're out there on the ice that he'll just go and 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 do it all for them. Uh, I mean, certainly, I think he's going to lead the team in scoring no matter what. But oh yeah, for sure. I, I just think, and to get back, I, I mean, I don't want to turn this into a let's just say that the third period power play is the only reason we lost because there's a lot more to it than that. Oh, yeah. But if you look at that power play, I'm just, you know, I know they want to run it through McDavid. But at some point, somebody has to shoot or somebody has to move their body so they're in a better position to shoot. Because, look, exactly. Brent Burns is not going to be an oiler. And Al McKinnis, as a 23-year-old, isn't going to appear and shoot from the blue line. Okay? So the existing personnel is capable of scoring on the power play because they have done it in spurts. Yeah. So it's going to have to happen to help you get wins like today and like Friday when you have a uh, uh, power play in overtime, which was a, a four-on-three. And they move the puck around, but there's a lot of this guy standing there, this guy standing there. Well, now it's down to Lucic. Well, he's right beside the net, so he can't score. He's not going to nope. jam it in because Smith just stands there. And then two Coyotes just take away his passing lanes, right? Exactly. Like and Smith can read this play. He can read this from miles away, right. what's going on, right? Because they, they sit and uh, play with the puck and, and then pass it along, right? Instead of just quick one-timers, shot, 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 you know? Well, and that's the thing. And I, and I can tell you, Roger, I know for a fact the Oilers want to do this because I've talked to guys on the involved in the power play. Yeah, They want to shoot from the flank. So, fine, if you don't have a big point shot, shoot from the flank, put the puck into the crease, and, and Leon scored a couple of goals off the uh, tip when he's between the hash marks where either he's scored or somebody else scored on the rebound, right? Yeah, it doesn't have to be a pretty goal. It just has to go into the net, you know what I mean? Right, so when you got a guy like Smith, I think then you have to change the angle of the shot and not give him... Because Mike Smith is going to, like you reference it, Mike Smith is going to read the play if you give him oh, a yeah. chance to read the play. He's not an he's idiot. He's a great goalie. He's a great goalie. But yeah. the thing is, we're able to beat him, but you have to just do it in different ways because uh, he can read those plays. Like, he was reading all those plays in front of the net. Easy saves. Easy saves all night from. 
Well, Roger, we'll see if they answer against the Leafs. Hopefully they're a little angry. I mean, the record is still okay. I think most people would have taken this at the start of the season. But, yeah, tough to only get a point out of these two. Talk to you again, okay? Yeah, thanks. That's Roger checking in, 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. I'll get to a couple of text messages uh, in a few minutes here. We will uh, be going into the Coyotes dressing room as well, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. We're going to have Oilers uh, post-game reaction as well. The Oilers do get one goal tonight. That means a $25 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give 25 bucks for every goal all season long. You can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Just as a side note here... Uh, just reading some stuff on Twitter that apparently Henry Burris limped off the field... Must have been during some sort of a warm-up. Henry Burris has limped off the field and might not play for the Red Blacks in the Grey Cup, which starts at the bottom of the hour. So there's a late-breaking injury that uh, wouldn't be good news. Well, they got Trevor Harris. He's pretty good, but that's quite a story if the team's starting quarterback is out right before the game. Tell you what, we got post-game reaction coming up. I want to hear from you as well. I'll get to the text line. Plenty of phone lines open, 780-496-0063, and we're looking for someone to finish the play as well. The Oilers lose again to Arizona. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Pranish Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Dropped it off for Bada. Driving behind the net, looking for a teammate. Throw it in front, back hitter, save made by Talbot, and then he got it in midair as Hansel tried to smack it in the back of the net. That's the save of the game. From Cam Talbot, courtesy of Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Didn't have a problem with the way Talbot played tonight. Got beat on a funny one. Unfortunately, got beat on one late at 16-16 of the third. Jamie McGinn got the game winner. And what else is new? Arizona beats Edmonton. 2-1 is your final tonight. The Oilers are now 12-9-2 uh, and on the season. They will not finish November with an above 500 record for the month. We knew that November was a tough schedule. Five uh, five home, ten away. Well, although they've actually been doing better away than home. Maybe they need more away games. Uh, five, seven, and two in November with a game to go against Toronto coming up on Tuesday. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. We're going to get to Todd McClellan's postgame reaction right away. We also want to hear from Mike Smith, who was the first star tonight with 41 saves. But right now we have Blake on the line. Hey, Blake, thanks for calling. You're on with Reed. What are you thinking, buddy? Hey, guys, how you doing? Yeah, we're doing well. Good, yeah. We're just driving home here. We came up from Red Deer for the game. Just wondering your thoughts on uh, Everly, the the money we pay him. And I know he's not going to put in points every night, but the defensive end of things, I don't know if you guys want to comment on that winning goal. Is that his fault, standing around in front there, letting that guy get to the puck? Yeah, it's just me tonight. Rob's got an upper body injury. He's got a sore, okay. he's got a really sore throat and can't talk. Uh, yeah, I thought the winning goal. Uh, I you know I think a few things. Off. I mean, I never like to blame one guy, but sure. uh, but I mean, I thought Nurse lost Duclair a little bit, so Duclair had more time to make a pass than he would have. And then I think Eberly and Nugent Hopkins got crossed up over who was going to cover McGinn. Now Eberly wound up in a situation there from the the replays I saw 
where if he's not with the man, he was in the passing lane to intercept the puck. But if you're going to be in that situation, you have to intercept the puck, right? Um, yeah. Sure. Everly in general, I mean, look, I get calls and texts about him all, all night. Blake, like I, when I'm not doing these games, I host a talk show. I know he's fallen out of favor with a lot of fans. I still think he can contribute to the team. The salary aside... Uh, McClellan has to put him in a spot with line mates where they can consistently uh, generate offense. I, I know he missed the net a couple times in Arizona. Um, you know, a couple times tonight with chances, he uh, missed the net and didn't go in. Here's the thing about Everly. I, I don't think he's ever going to have an overwhelmingly strong defensive game. I, I mean, there you can find offensive players on every team who aren't expert back checkers or who aren't expert hitters. Though I do think Everly plays like harder game on the puck since McClellan became the head coach. Um, I mean, he's still the second leading scorer on the team. Well, now Leon's tied with him. Um, I guess the criticism is he's he's missed some chances in tense situations, right? Or in important yeah. situations yeah. where you tie the game or give the team the lead. So that's what it comes down to him. I'm, you know, look, I, I think we're, we're going to have to roll with Everly. I do think him, Nugent Hopkins, and Maroon had a couple really good games when they were first put together. Uh, they didn't hit the score sheet in Dallas. Um, I don't think they did against Chicago. And then they got on the board against uh, against the Avalanche. And now a couple games. So, yeah, I know what you're saying. When you, don't, when you lose 2-1, the finger's going to be pointed at the guys who are supposed to be the offensive guys. They're not going to be – I mean, look – Mark Letestu missed a shorthanded chance all alone in front. No one's going to be calling in complaining about it, right? So uh, I, I, just, I just think Everly, do I pin that goal totally on him? No. Was, was he part of it? Absolutely. Okay. Can I ask a second part totally unrelated? Of course. So you're in a back-to-back against a team that's been whooping you around for, well, better part of five years. Is it up to... Maroon and the bigger boys to start that game a little heavier and, and mix it up a little bit more, especially coming out in an afternoon when you know it's going to be a little flat? Uh, yeah, probably, but I, I don't know what you thought, Blake. I didn't mind the Oilers' first 14 minutes tonight. Um, okay. Like, I, I thought they had quite a bit of pressure, and then after they didn't score on their second power play, Arizona got a little bit of energy and then and then got the, the fluke goal. But, yes, I, I think... People often ask me about pushback, and I say I hate pushback because I want to be the team that pushes first. For sure, yeah. We just we felt uh, we haven't been to a game yet this year live, and it just it felt a little dead in there. And well, it was, um, a, it was a good I'll chance you, for someone to step up and, and make a big play. I'll tell you this, Blake: there were more empty seats than usual. I mean, even though the games are sold out, there's always some people who can't come. Yeah. There were more than usual, probably because of the afternoon start. Maybe people are watching NFL or having a great cup party, and it just. It was just, I mean, I was here at 9.30 this morning. I'm never at the rink that early, right? Like, it was just a weird, weird routine for everybody. And having said that, I mean, I thought the Oilers started the game okay, and then you can't score, and then Arizona gets, and then you saw how Arizona played once they got the lead, right? Yeah, pretty I mean, it was not beautiful hockey, but it, they won. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for the time. All right, thanks, Blake. Ed's going to be up next, and he's going to finish the play, but let's go into the Arizona dressing room. The star of the game tonight, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions to winning goalie Mike Smith. I can't. Just can't. I don't know. What is it? 15 million. <laughs> I, know. I, I don't know. I just... 
I guess it's been a team that we've had some success against, but uh, um, they're a little different t- team now this year than they were uh, they have been in the past. So it was uh, definitely a challenging game for us. Mike, same result, but maybe a different way of getting it this night as opposed to Friday. How you guys played? Yeah, I thought we did a lot of good things. You know, they had a lot. They had a lot of shots, but I thought we, you know, we shut them down. The rush was, which was kind of a, a game plan to have against a team like that quick and. Obviously, the McDavid line is, is a good line for them, and, and we wanted to, you know, try and keep them off the scoreboard as much as we could. So, I thought, uh, you know, we did a, a pretty good job of doing that tonight. And the video you've seen, have you seen McDavid shoot from the point like that? I didn't even know it was him. I, I couldn't, I couldn't really see it. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just one of those things that came through a bunch of people, and I'm not sure if it got tipped or something in front there. But uh, yeah, I don't usually see him on the point too often. Like, what about the final sequence there? was that like it was a little hectic around the front there but uh you know at the end of the game you know they're going to come come as hard as you can and and throw a lot of guys and you know pucks to the net so i think it was just just being ready for it and i thought our our group did a great job in front of me tonight you know sealing out blocking shots and and uh for the most part there was there was not many rebounds do you go into a game against edmonton any more confident than you do against anybody else simply because of, of that record i don't think so i think it just goes game by game. I think it's uh, you know I've I've been feeling pretty good and um, you know they're a team that I think like some other teams I've played that I've had success against. They're a team that you can't let your guard down against, and if you do, you're gonna get you know burned pretty bad. So I think it's one of those teams that you go in. Um, you try and have the same mindset every game, but they're a, they're a team that really can hurt you if you uh, you know you let up at all being a goalie. So I think it's it's you know it's mentality going into it that you got to be sharp from the drop of the puck and try and carry that through the whole game. Something happened with your mask, the third. Oh no. Get it repaired. Oh yeah, I just broke a strap. Okay. Yeah. Mike, just rebounding since that Vancouver game. I know you weren't happy with it. This kind of the best two games you could have asked for since then, kind of coming back. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, it was a. A game that I'll put in the past, but uh, just didn't have it that night, and uh, wanted to get back in there and, and kind of bounce back and and uh, get her back on track here. So I think I've I felt pretty good the last couple of games, and I'm just trying to keep that moving forward. They can't beat. There you go, Reed. Thanks, Scott. Scott Johnson with today's winning goalie, Mike Smith. Arizona wins it 2-1. Some text here to 630-630. Jason says, I thought the Oilers weren't sharp to start the game. Look at the first three minutes. They didn't connect on any passes, and they lost battles. The tone was set. Uh, Another texter says, uh, Nurse is basically a rookie. Eberle needed to play that goal better. He needs to be better. While another texter says, Nurse stopped the wrong way on that goal. That's first-year Adam stuff. And Bubba says, I can't believe Everly is still here and Hall's not. Big mistake by the general manager. Okay, Bubba. Well, that's... All right. I'm not even going to get into that. Uh, 7804960063. We also have Ed on the line. Ed, thank you for calling. Hello. Go ahead. Hello. Hi, Ed. Hi. Go ahead. Yeah, um, uh, a couple observations on the game here. Um, w- with all this line juggling that's going on, I get the sense that, that Todd doesn't know his players. And because of that, uh, you can't develop any chemistry. Pulley Yarvey, who is a rookie here, you have to play with him for a while to, to get to know his tendencies. And uh, for, to be pulled off a line like that after how many games, two or three games, uh, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, secondly, you, you, it seems like the others have, have it in for guys from the farm, like Stepashev and, and uh, Pitlick. Uh, Pitlick's got six goals. He probably have more goals than, than uh, Letestu and the Hendricks combined. Um, 
also Jai Seidel is, is um, they, they moved him to the wing he's a playmaker he's not a shooter Kajula um, he, he, he came into this league as a, as a winger and, and now they've shipped him to center and I don't get this line juggling I don't see how this can uh, develop any tendencies towards uh, uh, team, uh, team play uh, the, the big guys that they got on this team, they don't push anybody around. There's a whole bunch of problems on this team right now. Well, Kajula did come in as a center, so he was uh, he was playing, uh, well, he's played both since he came back from injury. All right, so, uh, I, I mean, I guess, Ed, you're just saying you don't want the lines to be changed ever or only between games? Like, at some no, point, the I, lines I'm are going to change. No, I'm saying the constant juggling of the lines, okay? that That's really irritating. How many goals is Hendrick going to score this year? Like, realistically, is he going to get four or five? Yeah, probably. I mean, just because he's a veteran doesn't mean he, he automatically should be in the lineup. Same thing with Pouliot. I'm frustrated with, with these guys that are veterans who are non-producers. We give them all the leeway in the world, and yet when the rookie uh, uh, comes into play with one mistake and he's sitting around or he's sitting next game. Yeah, but they uh, sat Hedricks out last game, Ed. Yeah, well, it does. Well, you know, do set out uh, again, three games. he's a non-scorer. He's a non-scorer on this team. Well, tonight everybody was a non-scorer except yeah, Lucic. Yeah, but I'm just, you, you know, you've got to have guys that, that, that have some upside. Hendricks has not had any upside anymore at his age. Kajula, okay, he, he's small. Dreisel is 6'2". He plays center for, for Team Europe. If he's good enough to play at that level, you're telling me he's not good enough to be a center on here? R&H is producing nothing. Uh, Jordan Eberle, again, how many times is he going to be highlighted on national TV for uh, his failure to, to cover the open man? Like, that is utterly ridiculous. They're paying these guys that sort of money for this type of performance? N- n- not acceptable as a fan. Yeah, but Dreisaitl plays center almost the entire time. They move him to the wing for half a game to try, yeah, to, I know. To, try to get offense. The, yeah, but he is a center iceman. That, that's his position. Okay, Um he doesn't get shoved up the puck like R&H or like, like Kajula's going to be. Um, you, you've got to bring some consistency to these lines. And, and I'm talking about these guys that are non-performers, too. You, you cannot keep playing them like this. This is, you know, they're, they're fortunate to be in the position they're at right now at 12 and 9. But on the other hand, if this continues, like, they're going to slip very quickly. Yeah, well, it's possible. Thanks for calling, Ed. Uh, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Uh, Troy uh texting in during that call. He says, when you don't score, you need to mix it, up, mix it up. I get the frustration from the fans, but what is Todd supposed to do? That is from uh, Troy Anahemi. Uh Jared says, hey, Reed, when was the last time the Oilers scored with the goalie pulled? I don't remember it happening once in the last three seasons. Jared, I was asked that a couple of weeks ago. The last time they scored with the goalie pulled was that game in Montreal when Todd Nelson was the head coach and uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins scored with the goalie on the bench and then uh, Lander won the game in overtime. All right, Ed, Ed's still on the line. He's going to finish the play with us to try to qualify for the grand prize draw. $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. What do you have, Kellen? And with a minute 15 to go, he turns it over. Hansel dropped it for Verbata. Waits, dishes, back to Verbata, and broke it up. Domi in front. Hansel! All right, a chance there. They did not score, but Cam Talbot didn't make the save. Ed, which Oilers defenseman blocked that shot? TV, but I didn't watch it. I didn't hear it. Um, I got to say, it's got to be uh, um, Larson. 
All right, let's find out. And with a minute 15 to go, he turns it over. Hansel dropped it for Verbata. Waits, dishes, back to Verbata. And broke it up. Domi in front. Hansel, a block shot in front. I think Larson saved a goal as Talbot could not possibly have been back in position. All right, Larson indeed makes the block. Ed, you're in the grand prize draw for finish the play. Good stuff. We got a break for the 4.30 news. You'll hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. 780-496-0063. Oilers lose 2-1 to Arizona. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Ferenstein Live Broadcast from the Center. Terry Ferenstein Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Well, Arizona beats the Oilers again. They have gone 25 straight games without losing in regulation time to the Oilers. 2-1 the final this afternoon at Rogers Place. Grey Cup about to start. Some breaking news there. It looks like Henry Burris was injured in the warm-up and uh, doesn't sound like he's going to be able to start the game for the Red Blacks. We'll keep an eye on that one. But first, let's go down to the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. And here's head coach Todd McClellan. You got it. You basically described that we lost a, a 50-50 battle, ended up on the offensive side and missed assignment net front. This team, is it just the way they played that just frustrated you guys and made you work so hard to get back in the game? Well, I think they have tremendous structure and they rely on it to, uh, to have success. It's as simple as that. They, uh, they back-checked their butts off. They were uh, coming back through the middle of the rink, and at times we were forcing pucks in there. But you know, when I look at it, we had plenty of chances to win, plenty of chances. Um, their goaltender won them the game tonight, in my opinion, and uh, you know we didn't, uh, we didn't find a way to get one across the line and on some of our real good opportunities. So um, often you have to score more than one to win just to protect from that, that last two-minute error. And uh, we didn't get it done tonight. Um, I wasn't overly disappointed with our play. Um, I thought we did a lot of good things throughout the night. Still a little slow to shoot, a little stubborn when it comes to shooting, uh, which in turn allows them to block and front a lot of shots. Um, but even, uh, you know, there's nights where we get 40-some shots and, and uh, the goaltender has a fairly easy night. Mike Smith had to work tonight. And... Uh, I think our team right now, to me, is a little bit sluggish. We're, we don't quite have the polish that we need to have. That's a byproduct of a, a lot of road games and a lot of games. So we'll, uh, we're going to take tomorrow and try and get some rest. First time we've had a, a day off at home in a long, long time. So um, hopefully when we come back on Tuesday, we're refreshed and ready to get that jump going again. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's a combination that we haven't tried. I didn't think Connor's line had a lot going um, until that happened, and then they became real dangerous. And that's not an indication or uh, uh, putting a red flag on Yessie's, uh, Yessie's play by any means, but we were looking for some sort of spark. And, and um, you know, when Leon got there, he could hold on to the puck. He's a bigger, bigger body that has that experience there. And, um, you know, they ended up getting a number of chances down the stretch, but uh, didn't finish on... on a few of them obviously got the one. What do you mean sluggish? Is it just a fatigue sluggish or a sharpness as far as passing? Both. I think one goes with the other. Like, really, it does. Um, in fact, I think our, uh, 
physical uh, presentation or, or um, how we feel physically is a little sharper than even mental. And um, sometimes you need to get away from it and you need some rest. Um, you know, our last two arrivals from, from flights are 3, 3.15 in the morning. So uh, I just think our group needs to, uh, to breathe here a little bit to, to get some rest and um, get the polish back a little bit. We will. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. They lose today 2-1 to Arizona. I thought it was interesting there. He made the comment that we are uh, too often slow to shoot, and I think that's a good way to put it. You know, they, they sometimes it looks like they're trying to pass the puck into the net or they're not going to shoot until they feel they have that perfect angle. And I think that goes for everybody on the team. I know they did wind up with 41 shots tonight, but sometimes you feel like, man, why didn't they just rip it? Mike Smith... Big in net again for Arizona. He makes, uh, well, they had 42 shots. He makes 41 saves. The face-off circle, uh, circle, once again, an issue for the Oilers. They only go 42% tonight. McDavid, 38%. Nugent Hopkins, 29%. Letestu had a rare off night. He went 25%. Uh, Kajula only took five face-offs. He went 40%. Dreisaitl went 57%. Hendricks, 71%. He only took seven face-offs but he did win five of them. We talked about that before the game and uh, still an issue for the Oilers tonight. And, you know, Arizona has been a worse uh, face-off team this season than Edmonton, but they still come in here tonight and win the face-off battle. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Buddha says, I'm okay with the line juggling, but not after winning three straight games when it's not necessary because of injuries that backfired on McClellan, if you ask me. He should have had three of four points these two games, not one of four. That is from Buddha. All the uh, line combination discussion, certainly our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit Alberta at Cairo. 2-1 Arizona wins it. And you're right, they should have had three out of four points in these two games. Um, if, if the Oilers are going to become a, a legitimate contending team, then you have to routinely beat teams below you in the standings. They have not done that this season, even though they have an above 500 record. And they have won 12 of 23. So, I mean, they're on pace to win around 40, 41, 42. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the good teams put together long, you know, well, I'm not, I don't mean like 10 games, but the, the good teams routinely win four, five, six in a row, then maybe lose one or two, then come back out and win three or four more. And with the exception of the Oilers putting together that five-game winning streak earlier in the season, they become a very up-and-down, back-and-forth team. Todd McClellan seemed to suggest in his comments there that maybe they need a little bit of a rest. Uh, it has been a busy month. They will get a day. He says they haven't had a day off at home in a while. Okay, sure. Hopefully they come back energized and a little angry to play the Maple Leafs on Tuesday night. Kevin says, uh, hi, Reed. Why don't they try Yessi on the power play? He has a heavy shot. That is from Kevin. You know what, Kevin? I can't argue with that suggestion. Um, I'll have to try to ask Todd McClellan that specifically when we're back at work on Tuesday or when, when they're back at work on Tuesday. I'll be working tomorrow. Um, yeah, I mean, right today Latestu was on the power play, and look, you guys know I like Mark a lot. I've been watching him play for a long time. We, we've seen how he can help the team. He actually can shoot the puck, but I, you know, I'd, I'd prefer to see Mark as more of an 11th or 12th option on the power play as opposed to being in the top 10. Um, 
with Puglia Yarvi, maybe they're trying to bring him on a little slowly and say learn the five-on-five game before we're also giving you the weight of being a guy who has to score on the power play. Perhaps that's part of it. But, yes, yeah, so just like how earlier in the season I was ready to see Puglia Yarvi play with McDavid, I'm also ready to see him play on the power play. Fair question. We have Peter from New York on the phone. Peter, thank hey, you for how calling. Are you? I'm doing well. What's up? Well, listen, I, you know what, I I, um, I grew up in Saskatchewan, and I'm, you know, an Oilers slash Ranger fan uh, because I lived here about 20 years. But, you know what, listening to the post-game show, I just think that your fans, you, you know, are a little bit, the, their expectations are a little out of whack, you, you, you know, in the fact that they've missed the playoffs a lot the last 10 years. They have a young team, you know, um, Elaine Vigneault here in New York, you know, Judgel's line constantly looking for that chemistry to get things going. And that's what I think Todd McCollum is doing is, is, you know what it is? He's, you know, he's, he's had some struggles. He hasn't had Connor McDavid uh, for a full season yet. Doesn't know what the matchups are, you know, what, what his best um, teammates are to be on that line. And, and he's looking for that to have his team, um, Above 500 uh, at this point, uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I think from seasons past has, uh, you know, I mean, is, is a plus. And, you know, they, they just need to be a little bit patient, realizing that it's headed in the right direction. And, and uh, you know, they just need to figure things out a, 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 little, a little longer and uh, they'll be where they need to be. Well, I mean, this weekend's a bummer of a weekend for sure, and fans here are sick of losing to Arizona because, let's face it, Peter, for most of this 25-game stretch, Arizona hasn't been very good either. Both teams have been non-playoff teams, and the Oilers still haven't been able to beat them. I mean, I'm with you, and I was kind of arguing with that about the line juggling, and I used to be kind of anti-line juggling, and as I've changed as I've gotten older here, uh, I mean, I don't mind it. I think sometimes you have to just give offense, like three really high-end offensive guys, a chance to go together. I didn't mind seeing dry settle on the wing. And let's face it, it was a juggled line that produced the, tie, the, the tying goal, right? Lucic was out with dry settle and McDavid, and Pugliarve had started on the right wing on that line. So I think sometimes, all, and you're right, all coaches do it, but you only pay attention when your team does it, right? Yeah, you're you're, you're absolutely you're absolutely listen. You're absolutely right. You're you're, <laughs> you're unintentional. Your team does it, and it can get confusing and a little frustrating for for, for fans at times. But I would suggest that you know again, a, a team that has missed the playoffs you know ten years in a row is still figure. It, it, he's still figuring things things out. Uh, you know what? They're, they're Peter Torelli and and uh, you know Todd McClellan has has this team pointed in the right direction. But to to expect you know to expect non mistakes um, you know right from the get go it, it certainly is just unrealistic and I tell you what yes you, you're absolutely right good teams uh, the Rangers included you know and and all the good teams in the West you know win against the Arizonas the Torontos and and those teams that that are below them in the standings uh, but this team. You know, again, has missed the playoffs the last 10 years, right? So, again, Todd McCollin refers to them as a growth team constantly, right? So if they were an elite team, you're you're absolutely right. They have to get three or four out of those two points without question. But to get, you know, again, as a growth team, you're going to show struggles. You're going to show immaturity constantly. And, 
you know, again, they're, they're still growing. They're heading in the right direction. They finally have a goaltender that stops the puck, you know, for the most part. So, you know, again, listen, I understand the frustration of missing the playoffs for 10 years, but, but they have the team pointed in the right direction, and, the, and they just need to show a little more patience to, to let this play out and to find out what the line combinations are and to find out, you know, those types of things and, and why they're losing to Arizona. And, and I'm confident that this team, this management team, will, will figure that out and, and uh, you know, continue to build a winner uh, as, they, you know, as they've gotten this team in the right direction. Peter, thanks for calling and listening from New York. Really appreciate it. 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. Cliff says, in my opinion, Eberle should be granted a game or two upstairs. May help him become refocused. Uh, Mills says, in my opinion, coaching errors has cost the team four points so far. Uh, and uh, Ken from Calgary says, I've driven from Calgary to see Buffalo and the Coyotes this year. What a waste of money. This has been the Oilers of the last 10 years. I'll try not to cross into oncoming traffic on the way home. Disappointing. Also, I've always stuck up for Everly, but come on. And where is this great Lucic leadership? He actually stands around on the ice. That is Ken from Calgary. The Oilers are uh, 0-2 with him in attendance so far this season. We will uh, get some more post-game reaction when we get back. We'll also check your out-of-town scoreboard. Oilers lose 2-1 to the Coyotes. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich team broadcast center this is overtime open line brought to you by the canadian brew house from the terry perinich team broadcast center reed wilkins on oilers radio 630 chad well henry burris is fine looks very good so far calgary punted to open the gray cup burris very sharp ottawa down to the calgary four here on their opening drive. He did leave the warm-up with a bit of a limp. Apparently, no big deal as he throws to the end zone incomplete, so they'll have second and goal from the Calgary Four. Here at Rogers Place, the Oilers lose 2-1 to Arizona. Milan Lucic, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. To play, and, and we worked so hard, and, and uh, you know, like you said, we worked so hard to get that goal, and, you know, unfortunately, they're able to get one. They're late to beat us, and... Um, you know, you can get frustrated all you want, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, you, you got to look at the, the stats and look at the, look at the effort. And, and when we play like that on most nights, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're giving ourselves a pretty good chance to win. It just comes down to bearing down and not letting the other goalie be, uh, you know, the best player on the other team. And, you know, I think that's kind of the story of today's game is, you know, the Smith was was their best player and and you know we weren't able to get enough enough by him back-to-back games against that team Oscar just talked a little bit about how you know you want to get points against teams that are behind in the standings disappointing to, to I mean, pick up one yeah yeah like you said it's disappointing to get one out of four points uh you know it doesn't matter who the opponent is on the other side we got to be ready to play obviously it's easy to get up for you know a team like chicago and and, and stuff like that but you know we got to make sure that we're getting up for and, and uh any team that we're playing on a night-to-night basis and like you said you know the team's behind you you gotta you know you gotta you gotta get those points and uh you know keep separating yourself from from those teams behind you and uh you know Getting only one out of four points is definitely not good enough, especially it being in the division and, you know, looking at the standings now, how tight the division is. So going forward, we're going to have to, you know, make sure that we're, we're getting those points uh, um, and, and being ready to play. Read that's Milan Lucic. 
Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers' dressing room. They lose 2-1 to the Arizona Coyotes. Other action today off the advantage trailer rentals scoreboard. The Panthers lead the Hurricanes 2-0 after one. Senators and Rangers coming up later along with the Flames and the Flyers. The Jets snap a five-game losing streak 3-0 over the Predators. The Bruins beat the Lightning 4-1. And the Grey Cup Ottawa just uh, challenged for pass interference and it was called on Calgary, so they're going to get first and goal from the one to try to take the early lead. It was a late goal here that decided it. Jamie McGinn for the Hurricanes, the winner with 3.44 left. Here he is. The result was the same, Jamie, but do you feel like you guys played a little bit tighter, better to get the result this round? Yeah, I think game? Yeah, we wanted to uh, do a good job in the neutral zone, clog up the middle, you know, slow down their speed. So uh, I thought we did a good job of that tonight and, you know, it looked like it frustrated them a bit. And, but, uh, you know, we aren't where we are without Smitty. Uh, he did a great job in that tonight and gave us a chance to win. Easier to game plan when you just saw them and, you know, maybe have that blueprint of what you need to fix to maybe have a better chance? I don't know. I mean, they're, they're such a fast team and young, skilled team that, uh, you know, they, they can they can turn it on at any moment. So we had to be prepared and we had to have a good game plan, and I thought we did that. And, uh, yeah, we'll take the two points and get out of here. With the team's dominance over the others in the last four or five years, at least, uh, I mean, do you come into this with a little bit? I haven't, I haven't been here. Yeah, so this I mean, is my first year. So, I not really. I just take it. Uh, you know, it's a pretty new, new squad this year. A lot of new faces. We're very young, so I mean, the past is the past. But uh, if if that's the case, then we'll continue it on. That, that's a good thing. And uh, you know, it, it's all in how we work and how we how we do the small things right. So I think we're just focusing on our team. We're we're growing as a group. Um, you know, we're making less mistakes in the new show and the turnovers. You know, we're doing the right thing and we're working hard. So, and we're being rewarded right now. This is a big stretch too in the division. You can make some hay, can't you? Absolutely. Uh, this is huge. Uh, we talked about it before this little eight-game stretch, and we want to come up with a lot of points because they're divisional games. So, uh, it's been a good start. You know, I think we're eight out of twelve and um, of possible points, but we want to keep it going. So. Uh, yeah, we'll enjoy the win tonight and then uh, back to work against San Jose. You looking around in this game going, man, it's quiet in here. This Everything's going our way. It's a beautiful building for sure. Uh, we were looking forward to seeing it. Um, but like I said earlier, we're just focusing on our team. Uh, if they're quiet, we're doing a good job. We're, we're slowing the momentum. Uh, definitely this crowd is can be loud and can get them fired up. So uh, if they're quiet tonight, then we did our job. I'm surprised how open you were for your goal. You found some space. Uh, kind of, but sometimes when it's uh, a turnover like that, it can good things can happen. You just got to get open quick. Uh, you know, it's a fast game, and I think you got to capitalize on mistakes. So it was a good job by Devo getting in there on the forecheck and, and Duke finding the puck, and then I was just trying to get open for him, making sure I put him back in the net. Were you yelling for it, waving your stick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely <laughs> wanted it for sure. Do you know that there may be a soft spot in their defense that you can attack and <laughs> position yourself? Uh, you know, I, I think uh, our our team in general is better when we play in the offensive end and, and we wear down the other team's defense, uh, regardless of who it is. Uh, we want to play hard and we want to do the right thing. So that's something we focus on tonight and uh, the last two games, actually. And, you know, the more zone time you have, the better chance you have in winning a hockey game. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Great. Got Johnson interviewing Jamie McGinn, who scores the winning goal for the Coyotes this afternoon. 2-1, they beat the Oilers again. They're 
0-4 in their last 25 games against Edmonton. The Oilers will try to get back in the wind column Tuesday. The Toronto Maple Leafs in town. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy. He's our studio producer back at 6.30, Chad, this afternoon. Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Additional post-game reaction from your Edmonton Oilers on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Ottawa gets a touchdown. Seven minutes into the Grey Cup, they lead Calgary 7-0. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. My guests will include hockey legend Daryl Sittler. 2-1, the Coyotes beat the Oilers. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.